Welcome to Work is Calling, where we will learn the experiences and insights of business leaders who see their careers as a calling from God. What is important about seeing your career as a calling? Work is fulfilling whenever we sense success, but let's face it, success can and usually is fleeting. What if instead of targeting success, we seek fulfillment? A sense of calling makes serving God your purpose. That shift can actually lead you to a sense of fulfillment regardless of success. Let's listen to the stories of those who have made the shift and have experienced this. Well, hello. Welcome to Work is Calling. My name is Wayne Kuna, the founder and president of Soul Priority. That's a ministry that coaches women and men how to transform their careers through biblical principles. And today's guests are Caleb and Laurel Strach. Um, We've known each other for about a handful of years. And uh, they've agreed to share their stories uh, with us about work and calling in, in their careers. And I hope we all get a chance to really get to know them a little bit better as we listen to their background and also their story and how God has just called them into their workplace to do His work. So Laurel, Caleb, welcome to Work is Calling. We're glad you agreed to be with us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, by the way, everybody listening, this is the first time I've done a duo so I hope we don't have to do it over again. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, uh, you know, like I said earlier, we begin the workers calling just to get a chance to get to know you a little bit. So let's give our listeners a peek at who you are and a bit of an, as a bit of an introduction um, so they can listen to you as maybe friends even. So who wants to go first? Laurel, Caleb? Who are you? Where'd you start? Where did it happen? Laurel can go first. She's more prepared. Well, and I I liked him first, so that only makes sense. Um, Well, where we met was actually at um, high school youth group here at Grace Bible Church in the Oasis Youth Group. Um, And I pretty much liked Caleb from the start um, and had a crush on him all throughout high school and a lot of college. Um, And so I just waited for him to come around and finally um, want to be with me as well. and then we now have our one son, Caleb Gabriel, so slightly different than Caleb Michael. Um, and he is currently two years old, so life has been successful since I've waited patiently for him to uh, want to be with me, too. So, Caleb, was it worth the wait? Uh, it definitely was, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your background. I grew up in Elmhurst, grew up at uh, Grace Bible Church, um, where we ended up meeting, me and Laurel, at, at youth group, and... Um, love being a part of this church and this, this church family and um, all the people and, and friends over the years. And um, one of my favorite things is that we're raising our son here now together and just seeing him um, running around the same hallways that I did when I was a kid. And um, so, yeah, we're super blessed and happy to have such a, a great uh, church family and to, to be living where we both uh, grew up as well. So that's that's pretty cool. I I know that you also have been involved in athletics of sorts. You want to tell everybody what you did? Sure. Yeah, that was uh, that was on my uh, things. Yeah, people may not know about you. Um, oh, okay. Question part you had. Yeah. So um, grew up doing um, gymnastics, and that was um, a huge part of my life. And um, it was pretty much yeah, church and church and that. Um, and that continued um, after high school and coming back and being able to be involved as a coach in gymnastics um, just at Elmhurst Park District, then also um, at Willowbrook High School 
um, and then even a, a club gym in, in Lombard. And um, that was, yeah, one of my one of my favorite things. And um, this last year was my last year doing it, so no longer kind of involved in that area. Um, miss it? Yeah, definitely, definitely miss it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you've got other things that, that come into your life and that, that take priority and stuff. So it's, you know, it's easy to um, to kind of make that switch and um, give that up for, for a time maybe or maybe, you know, it is something that kind of is, is done. But, um, yeah, we'll see. So I see there's a uh, jungle gym in the back of your yard. Is uh, little Caleb doing Iron Crosses yet? <laughs> Not yet. He's good at hanging. He's got hanging down, and then we'll uh, we'll see how his uh, abilities develop. But yeah, we're, we love having that uh, that in the backyard. Um, just to yeah, see him just play and run and jump, and uh, yeah, be be a little boy. That's great, Laurel. So, what's a little known fact about you? Um, interesting things about me. Um, I was also coaching when Caleb was coaching gymnastics. I was coaching lacrosse, um, which just kind of like happened upon me. Um, uh, my former high school lacrosse coach was looking for a coach at the time that I was student teaching back in the area. And I originally said, no, um, I can't handle that. I don't want to do it. And then like two weeks later, he was like, no, like we really need a coach. And I was like, uh, okay, fine. I'll try and make it work. Um, and then I ended up doing that for five years. So it was a huge blessing and I truly, really loved it. So that's pretty cool. So let me ask you, uh, do you guys uh, have a, your individual bucket list or have you consolidated it into one and what's, what's on it for you guys? Is are there something that's common or something that's different from each other? I literally was going to say, is it interesting that I don't really have one? I feel like I don't have a bucket list of things that I want to do other than like live life and enjoy it. Um, Caleb has a few. And do I? <laughs> well, you've successfully completed one. Yeah, I mean, um, in terms of, well, if you want to count it, we, we want to go to, well, Laurel very much wants to go to Ireland um, yeah. someday. So that's, that's, uh, a plan. Um, for, for me, uh, when I was younger, um, uh, me and my dad would, would go to a different baseball park every summer. So in terms of kind of a bucket list thing, now that we have little Caleb, like I'm picturing, um, doing that with, with my dad and, and little Caleb once, once he's older, um, cause that'd be really cool. I think just something that I enjoy doing with, with my dad and my grandpa did, did come along two of the years, um, but for Caleb to do that, and that would probably be a boys-only trip, so Laurel, <laughs> Laurel uh, might not be on that, but maybe sometimes um, could come along with. But um, So, yeah, that's kind of a thing that pops out as a bucket list thing well, for me. Yeah. I think your funniest one is that you want to be able to be able to do a backflip when you're grandpa, so oh, yeah. we'll see if you're successful in that. Yeah, bucket list things of, like, yeah, physical things you still yeah. want to be capable of. Um well, I'm, yeah. I'm a grandpa, and I can now still sit down in a chair and get back up. <laughs> so, you know, it, yeah, it slows you down a little bit. Hey, let me talk about some spiritual stuff. Um, you know, sometimes uh, people have uh, favorite verses or maybe even a life verse, or, or maybe it's a passage of Scripture that kind of resonates in your heart. And do you guys uh, have one of those? And why do you think it um, makes such a good sound in your heart? Yeah, absolutely. I... Um I've always gone back to Matthew 634, therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Um, I can see in my life where I try and like plan the future and want to know what's going to happen. 
and just knowing that like God provides for the birds, um, how much more will he provide for us? And so to not be anxious, to not worry, um, and to truly entrust the future to him, um, especially having a kid now, it's like all the more worrisome of like, what's his future going to be and, and how are we going to parent him well, but, um, to trust that he's ultimately God's. That is a big one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How about you, Caleb? Yeah, for me, I feel like uh, since I'm a, well, I consider myself a simple guy, I like um, James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And um, yeah, I don't know, maybe just when I first read it or I feel like maybe around around college, we did a Bible study on James and that's maybe when I just first kind of was like, I just love the simplicity of that and that, yeah, God, you make that effort like God wants to be to know you and be involved in your life and you make that effort and he's he's waiting there for you so um i think i've always loved loved the idea behind that nice yeah Yeah, nice yeah um anything that that's particularly a character or maybe in in the scriptures that that uh, really jumps out to you just maybe who they are what they did how they lived yeah, I mean, uh, who I'm who I'm named after, it's an easy answer, but um, I love uh, Caleb from the Bible and, and just his story and his uh, faithfulness and, and trust in God, um, particularly because there were obviously others who were saying the opposite and um, him not being afraid to, um, you know, stand up for what he knew was true and that, and that God would, um, you know, help them in what he said he had promised them. Um, so I've always... Um, loved him as a character. So has that yeah. backflip thing got anything to do with Caleb being eighty years old, still being, being a strong figure? Right. No, I, I mean honestly, yeah. I mean you read you read those things, you're like, man, like um, that's so cool. It's just funny things that are included in scripture like yeah, that, yeah. where you're like, that's cool that that's there, and you know, um, I'll, I'll do my best to to be like that when I'm eighty. Yeah, yeah. I always think about Moses being eighty before he really got called to right. lead the people. You know, I'm like, well, gosh, I'm like. Seven more, five more years, whatever, six more years, you know. And if I make it to 80, the best of me is coming. Right. <laughs> How about you, Laurel? Um, we've recently been watching The Chosen, which has um, nice. really yeah. blessed us. And I think watching Mary, the mother of Jesus, and being a mom now, um, and watching her like hug him and willingly know what he's about to walk into and do. Um, and just her original calling and um, being told that she would have a child, even though the circumstances weren't great for her. And, and she just allowed that and she um, trusted the Lord in all of that and then continued to entrust her son to the Lord because um, um, they're ultimately not ours. And I think being a mom now is just like, I could I do that? Would I do that? Um, do I have enough faith in the Lord to trust him through all of that? And um, so it really just humbles me and makes me make sure that I um, am am really trusting the Lord um, with the future and everything. In the arts, you know, uh, I I sort of call it entertainment, but maybe maybe it's more just of a, you know, something that's almost a hobby for you. But, um, you know, in music or any category, books, movies, you know what? What would uh, what would you recommend someone to read, to listen to, or to watch? Well, like she just said, we would highly recommend to anyone to watch <coughs> the Chosen. We really love that. Um, 
Laurel's the book the book expert though. So um yeah, I love historical fiction, especially World War II. Um so I've been enjoying or I really enjoyed The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Um just wonderfully written and, and talking about people's struggle and um really how they navigated really hard times. But then I also loved the book A Man Called Ove. And Oh yeah, that's good. Okay, yeah. yes. He I would literally be reading and like be like, I love Ove and um He's just, yeah, quick, he's a grumpy old man. And um, I think being a teacher and and just loving people, you see how people can change and grow and how people are the way they are because of different life circumstances or hardships. And it's like, we can always be kind to others and like help them hopefully live a happier life. And so to just see the neighbors and and their relationship grow and um, just the life that he ends up living and whatnot, so. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I actually haven't read the book, but I saw the, um, I guess it's the Scandinavian version yes. of the movie. Yes, Uve is technically yeah, Uwe, yeah. yes. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. What about your heart emotions? I mean, is there something either really saddens you or just fills your eyes with tears of joy? You know, um, what would that be? Uh, <clears throat> we were laughing when talking about this. I don't really. Uh cry for for tears of joy um or tears of anything or tears of anything but um i mean things you know with with having a kid now i think you you think so much about things like that so what really saddens me is when you think of yeah either kids who don't have um you know the best i don't know home situation or um you know an ideal situation with with parents who who love them and are you know trying their best to take care of them and just family around and stuff. And, um, so if you ever see, if I ever see things like that, like that's very more, more sad than, than it used to be now kind of knowing, um, what it's like to have a child. Um, I think of that. Yeah. Similarly, but on the happy side, um, we have, my siblings are living here in Elmhurst as well. And, um, they all have children, around the same age as Caleb. And so we hang out a lot and just seeing when they interact well and like love each other. Like today at the park, Caleb just went over and hugged his um, cousin and they just had this nice embrace. And it's like, man, I really love them. I love seeing them grow up together. Um, And just knowing how awesome that's going to be. And and just yesterday, my nephew who's four asked about, well, why did Jesus have to rise again with Easter coming up? And um, I was like, man, I get to like share the gospel with you right nice. now. And like, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, so that really brings me like ultimate, not ultimate joy, but that brings me a lot of joy and, and I can cry about that a lot of the time. <laughs> well, thanks so much for letting us peek into your life and find out a little bit about you. We're going to take a break right now and uh, we're going to get back in just about a minute. Work is Calling is a ministry of soul priority that coaches women and men of faith to transform their careers and workplaces with biblical principles and the book Work in the Light that highlights why God created work, shepherd leadership, workplace culture, and the vital importance of a singular God priority. You can find out more about Soul Priority at www.soul-priority.org. That's www.soul-priority.org. Now, back to today's podcast. 
Hey, well, welcome back, everybody. Well, Caleb, Laurel, this has been fun so far. This is great. Uh, looking forward to the rest of this. So now we're at the place where we want to find out, you know, where God has you in your career, where you work, and, you know, how you came to see that as a calling from God and not to just a job, you know, where you pay for stuff, which is fine. I mean, it's, I mean, we all have to do that. Um, yeah, so who wants to start? Why don't we just find out where you both work, and then we'll start uh, pulling it apart and find out about your calling component. Awesome. So I am a middle school science teacher um, at a public school, um, so slightly um, different in how my calling works out there, um, being in a public school system. Um, and yeah, I've just always wanted to be a teacher. Teaching runs in my family. My grandmother's a teacher, answer teachers. My mom works in the school system. My sister's certified in teaching. Um, so it's just kind of always been a thing in my fifth grade yearbook, it says that I wanted to be a teacher. So it's just kind of always been what I wanted to do. That's cool. Yeah, I'm really thankful because actually Laurel is uh, the science teacher for one of my grandsons. And I think uh, probably have a couple more coming through the ranks if you stay in there. So I'll hopefully be there, Lord willing. Yeah. How about you, Caleb? Yeah, so in in college, had to have um, an internship and interned at um, Let Us Entertain You. Um, in their accounting department, and then... Um, no, what is Lettuce Entertain You? It's a uh, restaurant company um, based in Chicago, um, and so interned there, and after I graduated, um, came back there and have, have been there ever since, and so um, that's been, uh, I think, almost nine years now. Um, so I'm an accounts payable coordinator um, there, um, and that role has kind of changed and developed since I um, started um, initially I was just kind of helping out with whatever they needed help with. And then, um, that kind of morphed into, into what it is now. Thanks. Uh, so I'll start with Laurel. How did, um, this idea or the, the sense that work was a calling, I mean, like a vocation, like, I mean, I mean, we think of priests and pastors and missionaries like, oh yeah, they've got a calling, but no, you really sense that it's a calling. How did that happen? Was that like something you just kind of always felt like you knew or was there a person who talked to you or were you, you know, was it an epiphany, like all of a sudden a bright light or something or what happened? Yeah. So, I mean, as a teacher, Every teacher wears so many hats, right? We are an educator. We feel like a parent at times. Sometimes we're a nurse having to provide Band-Aids. Sometimes we're the social worker trying to solve problems. Um, sometimes we just have to be the entertainer, right? Um, so as a teacher, automatically wearing so many hats. And um, But for me, it's my priority is um, being a role model for them. And that's always what I had in my mind, especially as Caleb was saying that um, we don't know where kids come from. We don't know the home lives that they have. And so my main goal was always to just be a role model in their life of an adult that they knew loved them, that they could trust, um, and that genuinely cares for them. Um, and so I didn't know the Lord growing up. Um, and so in, in high school is actually when I came to know the Lord. And so that's when I would say that that's when I knew more so that like teaching was going to be more than just be with kids and love them, um, but it was going to be to love them for the Lord. Um, and then not just being a role model, but um, I really see it as like I could be the only Christian in their life potentially. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm the only example of Jesus, like what are they going to walk away from my class saying about Jesus or uh, what's going to be their idea of who Jesus is? Um, so I take that very seriously and 
Um, I enjoy that. I enjoy that I get, um, I mean, I have 180 students in total this year. What? So not all at one time. We like semester classes. Um, So that's, I mean, 180 kids times however many years that I'm teaching. um, That's so many lives that I can potentially impact. And it won't always be in this way of like, I'm sharing the gospel with every one of them. But um, yeah, my hope is that the Lord uses that and that I might be one of the few people along the way that they can look back and be like, oh, she was different. And then they're going to be like, oh, why was she different? And maybe they'll be like, oh, I do remember her saying she loves Jesus. Um, so that's, yeah, kind of the main goal. Do I see some tears or emotion <laughs> with this? Totally. Yeah. I <laughs> could cry about kids needing to know Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So Kayla thought that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have gone first. <laughs> I mean, you saw that in coach when you were coaching, though, too, getting to do that for kids. But right, obviously, yeah. your career is a little different. Yeah, um, I feel like yeah. The funny thing for me was that um, growing up as a believer, just naturally, kind of um, having the mindset that kind of whatever you're doing, God has you there for a purpose. There's a calling. Um, so yeah, I would say there wasn't you know, an interaction or something suddenly that happened where I then saw work as a calling. I think I kind of knew going into whatever job I would have that, you know, I'm there for a reason. Um, like Laura was just referring to in, in gymnastics and coaching your, you know, my real job, I'm interacting with a computer and numbers and stuff like that. But, but coaching or when we were involved in youth group, kind of those things we were doing, you, you maybe feel that calling a little more strongly or you, you can see the fruit of what you're doing because you're actually interacting with, you know, kids and, and seeing, um, you know, them and what's happening in their lives. Um, so, yeah, for, for coaching, um, that definitely looked different, you know, seeing kids come in as freshmen um, who, you know, that I got four years with and would – would see them, some of them who were, you know, actively involved in off-season stuff, I would, I would see these kids several times a week for four, for four years and, um, you know, built some really cool relationships. And, um, you know, it's sad, though, because that's a, a thing where, and just like teaching, like those, those kids are with you for a time and then you, you know, might not, you might not ever see them again. Um, but, yeah, in terms of um, my actual job, um, I think, yeah, just – kind of naturally felt that whatever I was doing would would know that God is involved in that and, and calling me in that career. Okay. Um, did uh, do you did you have an experience where, you know, you went to work and you say, you know, I'm partnering with God. He's got me here. And you got home and it was like, wow, that was God. God did something that was really different. Did, did you, either of you, have experiences where you really came away going, yeah, that was some that was something that God just did. Do you have any experience like that? Yeah, so um I the students know, so like the first part of the school year, right, is just getting to know the students and so the students get to know me as well and I can't not share that I love Jesus. Like that's the biggest part of my life. So um although working in a public school, I feel like it's only fair that the kids are allowed to know me for who I am. Um, obviously I'm not going beyond what is like allowed, um, to be said or things like that, but just that they know, they know I go to church here. Um, they know that I was a youth group leader and things like that. Um, 
And so there is this one student who is actually one of the more extremely challenging students I've ever had before. Um, just like disrespectful and didn't always um, really care, but then she would always want to spend more time with me and um, be in my classroom. And then when she moved on to high school, she wanted to come back and she wanted me to help her study. And um, I was like, Lord, like, what is this? Like, she literally made me feel like I was one of the worst teachers ever and that, um, that she, yeah, just like didn't want to be in my classroom, but then she kept coming back to me. Um, and her and I would email and, and eventually she actually asked me like about Jesus and faith and, um, why I believe what I believe. And, and so I actually got to like share the gospel with her, um, which was awesome. And I think that's also where, yeah, we don't know where our students are coming from, um, or their home lives. And so being an adult that they do trust and love, um, or that you love them, um, you have no idea what fruit that's going to bear. Um, and then also just um, my coworkers, right? We go walk through the hallway, go make copies or whatever tedious tasks we're doing. And sometimes we write each other positive postcards or things like that to keep keep it light um, and making sure people feel um, appreciated. And it's actually awesome, as I just made fun of it. Um, but it's a good thing. And I often get notes about like, it's so good to see you in the hallway. You're always like a ray of sunshine or um, you're always so joyful. And I'm like, man, I don't always feel that way. But I guess that's like what I seem like to others. And often I'll respond like, it's Jesus. Like I'm patient, more patient, or I'm more joyful because of Jesus. Um, So just even those little things too. Well, you've really given me some courage and encouragement because I know my grandson hates school <laughs> and maybe he's going to come back to you one day. You yeah. Know? That would be great. And I think it's also knowing like school's not for everyone and like yeah. meeting kids where they're at um, and helping them navigate life is also an awesome part about being a teacher and knowing that each kid is different and like made by God yeah. and, oh, wow, and they deserve that, that, right? So. Yeah. yeah. I'm not always perfect in that, believe me. Yeah. Um, for those teachers out there, I'm not a perfect teacher, but definitely is able to ground me and, and I can pray for them and things like that. Yeah, thanks. That's awesome. How about you, Caleb? Have you had a, like one of those moments where you just say, wow, that was, God definitely did that because there was no, no other way. It was no coincidence. Yeah, I feel like um, there was, doesn't happen in terms of, Interactions a lot, but there was one one buddy I had at work who, who um, when I started there, he had maybe started a year or two earlier, and, um, you know, we got along great, you know, we'd go out for lunches sometimes and stuff, and, you know, got to know each other, and um, just, yeah, as he obviously knew about me being a believer and stuff, and, and him being uh, not necessarily far from that, but just it wasn't part of his life, and um, it was cool seeing that friendship develop um, and questions get asked or things get talked about. Um, and it was never anything necessarily too crazy or too deep um, where it's like, oh my goodness, he's about to come to Jesus or anything. But um, it was something I was very excited about. And then unfortunately he, he uh, moved and was no longer with the company. And I was, I was sad about that because it was, you know, an instance where you're like, oh, you're getting to see um, God in work. Um, and feel like it, it's nice to have those types of things and not be like, oh, I'm just going 
to work for eight or nine or 10 hours um, and just doing this, this job and, um, but actually having to get some, some meaningful interactions. Um, so that was a couple of years ago at this, at that point. But then there's other stuff you see just regularly where there are situations where maybe things are, are tough or there's a problem at work. And I know that God gives me uh, the calmness to, to think through things and deal with things. And that, that gets noticed um, by either, you know, my superior and, you know, makes a comment and just knowing that, oh, yeah, I was able to handle that way because of just trusting in God that, you know, and having perspective of there's, you know, more important things going on than this issue at work. And it, it helps me kind of deal with that stuff. And um, so, yeah, you, you kind of see that those things happening. Yeah, that's great. Um, it, it, it's It's so cool when all of a sudden you see – God is is um, well. He's waited all eternity for you to become a person, you know, and then bring you to His Son so that you could work with Him because He's got this plan for us, you know. And it's just it's so great when you see that actually happening. And you know, it's so you know, people say ah, it's a coincidence, but there's coincidence after coincidence, and you know that that is not that is definitely God's hand moving in something. So that's awesome to hear that. So both you guys have kind of like athletic backgrounds a little bit, and you know there's a lot of things that you need to do. There's disciplines that you need to do. So what do you do, if anything, that um, you know keeps you fueled to go to work and say, yeah, I'm there with God. You know, this is this is going to be a great day. You know, you know, this may be a, a, a easy answer, but just having church on Sunday, um, kind of resetting your week. Um, to be able to go back, you know, through five more days of work and um, having just been been refreshed, being able to to sing, to worship, to um, have those encouraging relationships with people you know who are also pursuing the Lord, and um, I think that's that's huge. I mean, we rarely miss a Sunday, and it's weird when we do, um, and it kind of throws off your week. Um, so, so I think, yeah, just the the practice or the discipline of of being involved in in your church and in, in your church community is huge. Yeah, thanks. How about you, Laurel? Yeah, I mean, so obviously working with people and students, um, I definitely try and like pray over them. Um, and it's crazy to me that I didn't think of that before. But one morning. I have a very short commute. It's about three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to only listen to like Christian music too, um, instead of like country and like, oh, let's sing about this. Like, okay, like let's get my mind focused on the right thing before I head into work. Um, but I was listening and they were saying there was a teacher on and she was just saying how she prays over each desk um, before. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like why don't I do that? And unfortunately, I'm not disciplined in doing that every morning. Um, but the mornings that I do, I really do see like, my mind shift, the way I respond to students is different. Um, and I just see them as like a gift from the Lord rather than like, here we go again. Like you're still not listening and all those same (laughs) things that kids are constantly doing and we are doing, um, as humans ourselves. But, um, and then also I used to just have this prayer up on my board behind my desk that, um, was essentially just saying all the things I've been saying, like, you don't know where they're coming from. Um, just like treat each kid as a kid and, and love them well and give them a sp- safe space um, and just praying that they would grow and mature and that the things that they're learning um, that they'd put into practice. And so um, trying to read over that too. 
Yeah, thanks. Those, those are uh, really good insights um, for everybody that's listening. It's that's that's um, it's so it's so important to to kind of hear what other people's stories are and what they do, and you can learn from one another. So thanks for sharing those things. Uh, in in your unique uh, careers, do you know of others that uh, are Christ followers that uh, know? that kind of encourage you or are you kind of feeling like lone rangers in your mm-hmm. venue or you don't, you just don't know? Um, I would say I definitely feel like a, a lone ranger for sure. Um, yeah, I've never really had, um, interaction with anyone who I was like, Oh, they're, they're definitely, um, a believer or someone who's maybe even church going. Um, so, so yeah, I can't say that I've really met anyone like that. <laughs> yeah, I think the interesting thing being a teacher, um, most teachers have like these warm, loving hearts, right? Or else how could you be working with kids all day, every day? Um, and so sometimes I'm like, hmm, like, do they love Jesus? Like, that's God, we come from somewhere. And then um, sometimes you find out like, oh, yeah, like they're involved here or there or um, wherever they might be. Um, worshiping the Lord. Um, and then I did have a coworker who like truly loved the Lord. Um, and unfortunately she moved on to another school, but, um, that was awesome to be with her and encourage each other. And, uh, we would write each other encouraging notes sometimes with scripture. I still have one up on my board that she wrote me. Um, and so that was honestly like amazing, um, having someone. And now, um, not as deep as that, I would say people have faith at varying degrees, um, but then also working in the public school system versus, um, maybe a school where we'd be able to talk about our faith more. Um, sometimes we don't necessarily feel comfortable. Like, am I supposed to say this? Can I say this? Um, and so making sure that we're using our words correctly. And so sometimes, yeah, I just can't tell, but, um, I do love a lot of my colleagues. I think that they're there for the right reason and they sure love kids well and, and really, um, want to help better um, the future and, and help kids learn and grow. So that's obviously awesome. That's, that's, uh, that's good. Good. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about a lot of the positive things and you almost touched on it a little bit, Laurel, but are, is there something hard or difficult about going to work as a follower of Christ and, you know, wanting to be, you know, that person that, that um, someone else looks at and says, wow, that's, you know, why are you that way, you know, or is it difficult to be a follower of Christ because of what, you know, I don't know, is, is it hard? Are there hard things about being a follower of Christ or going out into the world and working? Yeah, um, I think with my colleagues, it's very easy. I think they sometimes roll their eyes at me of like, oh, here she goes again, talking about Jesus or like giving, you know, the comment of like, oh, it's Jesus. Um, <laughs> so with them, it, it doesn't bother me. Like they know who I am. Um, but then obviously with students, it's like, oh, man, I wish I could say what I want to say to you. But like, I don't know what your home life's like. I don't know if I'm going to get an email that like I'm preaching to you. Um, whereas like knowing your grandson, like I can say certain things to him, right? I know some students who love the Lord. And so the way that I can interact with them might be different than how I can interact with other students. Um, but I think what's a recent challenge, um, was we were sitting in a meeting and we were talking about how, um, different rates of suicide and like 
things that are happening in young kids and depression and anxiety and in young kids. And it's like, this is, we were told it's one in five um, in our classroom. And I almost broke down in tears in that meeting. And I was like, the problem is not what we're talking about right now. Like the problem is that these kids don't know Jesus and they don't, um, aren't being guided in that and they don't know the truth. Um, not that that doesn't say that the people won't struggle with anxiety or things like that. Um, knowing Jesus, but like our hope is in him and, and these kids were created by them. And so maybe they just don't feel like they have a purpose. Um, and so I went to a colleague who I know has a faith background and she was like, I get it. Like, but like, that's not what we can do within our jobs. And I was like, man, like, okay, God, like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to go to a different school where I can tell kids that, um, but then it's like, what about those 180 kids? What if you are the only Christian in their life? So um, just continuing to give my career up to the Lord of like, am I in the right place? Um, but yeah, I could start crying, as I'm sure you can tell. Um, I just want these kids to know Jesus. And so it's hard to close my mouth when I want to say truth. Um, you know, I was thinking of a, a verse um I think it's in Romans, but it says that the love of Christ is shed abroad in our hearts. And I, and I was just thinking about how much that love that you have for students speaks to something that's beyond words. I mean, I even think uh, that, uh, you know, it says that the Holy Spirit intercedes in our prayers because we don't really know how to pray, you know. And I'm like, well, I get that because I'm always praying for answers mm-hmm. or my answers. But it says that he prays with groans, you know, and it's like he prays with emotion. He doesn't even pray with words. Hmm. So, um, yeah, there's a lot going on that God could use us. Um, we another one is that you know we're we are seen as light to the world. I mean, it doesn't even say you have to act like light. It says no, you're already going to be seen mm-hmm. as light. Uh, so, what about you? Is it uh, easy going to work? I mean, yes, I, I feel like it's easy. There's there's <laughs> Working just in a you know, corporate setting with adults and there's not as much as you have to worry about in like, you know, a public school system where what are these, you know, what are we allowed to say to kids or what are they going to say to their parents when they go home and then the parents are going to contact the administration and the district and it just can be very complicated where it's nice that, you know, just working with other adults, if there's something I feel like can be said that I don't have to, to worry about saying that, um, Beyond, beyond what are they going to think of that, but there's not anything complicated behind that with, you know, the things you have to deal with in the public school system. So it's it's nice to feel like when those things do come up at work that you can just, like, dive in, and if someone is open to having a conversation that's even remotely spiritual, then it's like, oh, cool, I can just start talking about that and not, like, Laurel has to think about, like, okay, what am I, what can I say here? How can I word this? Um, so that's nice. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I was listening to somebody uh, at work when I was, uh, and I was a boss at work at a partnership. So I was like, I had to really be careful because you know, I, you know, you didn't want people going to my my other partner saying, "Oh, that guy's evangelizing me," you know. <laughs> but I remember one guy was just talking about going bowling one night, and I was like, all he's doing is talking about his night. So next time he was talking about bowling, it happened to be on a Thursday morning after a Wednesday night bowling. I was like, yeah, you know, I was at Iwana <laughs> with the kids at school. And they're like, oh, what? You know, it was it was great. But, yeah, it was it's a lot easier. Yeah. Um, 
So you were talking about how you like to reset yourself on Sunday, you know, and you know you get the word and you worship and you get fellowship and people around and you know it's you know especially we're really blessed. Our church is a great place. To, it's got a great community of yeah. believers. But what I was going to ask you guys is 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 there a way that you see what you do in your unique venues as worship also? I mean, just as much as lifting your voice up or your hands or you know. Have you ever seen your work as worshipped? Oh, yeah. I feel like multiple times a day I'm saying, like, praise the Lord. Um, And just getting to, like, recognize when, even, like, in the smallest things of, like, oh, man, that copy machine was broken earlier today, and now it's working when I need to make 180 packets. And, like, he does work and provide um, in the smallest and in the biggest ways. So even if, like, there's an interaction with a kid and, I don't respond perfectly every time. And um, earlier this year, I just, you know, was too angry or upset at this one student. And I spoke to him a few minutes later and I said, hey, I'm I'm very sorry for how I responded. That was not appropriate as a teacher. And mind you, I didn't like do anything that bad, but I just felt that I needed to apologize to him. Um, and he was so taken aback um, and he was astonished that an adult was apologizing to him. And so yeah, I just saw the Lord working in that too. Like this kid's again, getting to see that, like, I don't think I'm perfect. I make mistakes as an adult and I too can apologize for things. And so, um, just praising God in those moments and in those interactions that no, I'm not sharing the gospel, but I'm getting to be an adult who shows them, um, ways to interact, how to be kind to others. And, um, take responsibility for when you mess up because we all do um and so yeah i feel like i'm like literally constantly saying like praise the lord <laughs> that's great yeah, i feel like for me again when you're just working with a lot of numbers it's hard to see work as as worship um but with the idea of i'm gonna work hard like like i'm working for god and um you definitely feel sometimes when when you know you've worked hard and you've done good work or you've solved something figured something out um you feel or I felt that it's like, yeah, you feel closer to God because like he's helped you do that or he's developed you to be good at your career, or your job where you feel like um, I was maybe the only person who could do that or I, like and t- I'm the only teacher who could maybe reach that kid um, or solve that situation. But yeah, so in in my job, I feel like when there's times like that where it's like, oh, wow, I, I'm glad I was able to do that or achieve that, figure that out. And it's like, yeah praise God, um, you know, because I couldn't have done it without who he's turned me into be in this career. Right, yeah. 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 Well, guys, this is really fun listening to you. I'm, this, I really love this. I hope everybody else does as well. <clears throat> what we usually do is we kind of throw a softball question out to you, and I'd like to both, you know, take a minute to just, in your experience, is there some kind of insight? Is there some kind of like, uh, you know, thing that you learned that you just like, oh, you know, if, you know, if I could tell you, just do this one thing, what would you tell the people listening? You know, is that, there's that one little nugget of something special that you know would probably have a good impact in their life. I think for me, um, it's just all, <laughs> what do you, I feel like I probably know what you're about to say, so I'm excited. Well, no, no, you, you go. You, um, for me, it's just like, help out in any way you can. Don't think you're above any task. Um, in terms of just having humility in, in the workplace and no matter what level you're at, because I feel like 
I've seen situations where where people higher up where it's you're almost like disappointed in just things they do, how they respond to certain things and um, having that perspective of, oh, if I was ever in that that position, I would want to still remember what I learned just coming up, you know, being low on the totem pole. Um, and I feel like God honors that. I felt like in my career, God has honored me and just, you know, yeah, being willing to do whatever whatever is needed with, with maybe not a, a cheerful attitude, but at least, you know, a willing attitude and, po- and trying to be as positive as possible, um, just being available um, so that, you know, your bosses see you as someone who is dependable, um, someone who's, who's loyal, someone who they can count on. Um, and I just feel like that's great advice to anyone in any job. Um, there's no reason your boss would never be like, oh, why is someone willing to do this or take out trash or whatever, like when that's not even part of their job. Um, so just, yeah, being, being willing to, to do whatever. Is that what you, you got mean? me? No, that's no. not what I thought well, you were going to gonna... <laughs> Similarly about you being patient and like waiting um, and like the God will reward um, you and not necessarily your career will reward you, right. but God. Not, yeah. So I feel like what she's talking about for me is like not, not being over ambitious. Um, and again, that rolls into my personality with yes. like, not, not, you know, I'm not trying to get to the next level or it's like, do, do what you're doing and what, in what position you're in and, and then just see what, what God has in store. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a good one too for me. For me, I just always go back to like, Jesus is the abundant life. Um, he brings joy. He provides. Um, and yeah, I feel like when we were doing youth group, like that's always what I would tell kids, like with Jesus is the abundant life. Um, the world's going to tell you a lot of other things. The world looks shiny. Um, but it, it'll fail you in some way, but Jesus never does. And he will make your life joyful because um, we've seen him do it again and again and again in so many varying ways. And um, I've never regretted walking with him um, and trusting him with our life. And that's um, not to say hardship doesn't come or whatnot, but that's, it's a lot easier knowing and trusting Jesus for mm-hmm. us. Wow, you guys are great. Thank you so much. Um, I could hear the applause over the, you know, no, it was just, no, it was really good. This is the first time I've had two people kind of interact with each other. So there's been three of us, you know, and it's like, um, well done. Thanks so much for, you know, opening up your hearts and agreeing to be able to share your stories with with the people listening to Work is Calling. So everybody, um, until uh, we get together again, remember, Work is Calling. This has been another episode of Work is Calling, a ministry of soul priority that coaches women and men of faith how to transform their careers and workplace through biblical principles. You can find out more at www.soul-priority.org. We hope you join us again next time for another interview of an individual who has discovered Work is Calling. Work is Calling.